Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. She grew up with the children of the stars. everyone, welcome to the LA Kings podcast here on the Believe Network, the only place where you can find a show for every team in LA. I'm your co-host Shannon Bentley alongside former NHLer Kevin McClelland. Hey Kevin. Hey, how are you Shannon? I'm good, and yourself? Good, thanks. Just sitting out in Utah here, enjoyed watching that LA Kings game yesterday. Yeah, not bad, huh? A little yeah, better than their previous game. For sure, that's what hockey's all about, the ups and downs of a hockey season and uh that was an important win for that club yesterday, for sure. Absolutely. Now, you're a coach. Yep. So how would you, as a coach, turn that team around and get them kind of motivated? Well, I think that, uh, you know, especially after their game in Colorado on Saturday night uh, and heading into the All-Star break, that game yesterday was huge for that club just to go away during the All-Star break on a high uh, knowing that you're still only eight points out of a playoff spot and that, uh, again, the character in that club to, uh, you know, take that bit of a beating on Saturday and come back and uh, play a pretty solid game yesterday and have all their leaders doing what they have to, winning the games for them with guys getting the big goals. Yeah, they did take uh, quite a beating. Uh, if you missed it, we're referring to the 7-1 loss to the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, it's, it's tough, but like I said, they, those guys led, Kopitar led yesterday, Doty uh Led yesterday, he got a stick in the mouth, and uh, you know he wasn't yeah. that he wasn't the guy that went to that bench there and uh, went and got stitched up or got medical attention. He was right out on that power play and scored the tying goal. So that's what you need from your leadership group, and and you have games like that. I mean, the mighty oil back in the day when I played, we had Gretzky and the boys. We went into Hartford one night and lost eleven nothing. So again, it happens over the course of a season. But like I said, they're going out on the All Star break on a high note and. Uh, you know, hopefully they can keep that keep that going, and maybe that's a game that turns them around. Absolutely, they're not out of playoff contention. They're only eight points out of a wild card spot right now, so you could really feel it actually in last night's game against the St. Louis Blues. They brought a much more physical game. Yeah, it was. Uh, you could tell they wanted it. And their leaders, like I said, and I'm repeating myself, but they they showed up, and uh, you know when it was two nothing. That again after that six uh, that seven one uh, lopsided win in Colorado, uh, two nothing they could have shut it down, but they got that real big goal by Toffoli. There, uh, you know, 15 seconds after uh, St. Louis made it two nothing, and that put them into the second period only down one, and it looked like they come after them really hard in the in the second period. But they had so many opportunities uh, in the first period too, where you know L.A. could have uh, easily been uh, leading after the first period. Yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, Bennington had one go off his back. He had one go off his head. I think he had a couple go off the knob of his stick. The Kings were definitely robbed of a few there. Nonetheless, they managed a 4-3 win over the St. Louis Blues. So looking ahead, uh, what do you think is going to be the key for the Kings to getting some more wins? Well, I think that, uh, you know, again, it's going to be their leadership. And I think, you know, Jonathan Quick, you know, he uh, became all uh, fourth all-time uh, uh, wins leader out of U.S. born goaltenders yesterday with that win. So, you know, they're going to count on him a lot. You know, he's been injured a bit, but, you know, he's that goaltender that's going to gonna make the saves for them when they need them. And if they score four goals a game, you know, with goaltender uh, quick in the net, 
they're going to win a lot of hockey games, you know. But going into yesterday, they only had 110 goals scored in the league, and that was uh, lowest in the league. So, you know, they need their big contributors like uh, Carter. They need uh, Kopitar, you know, Doherty on the back end, uh, Toffoli. They need those guys to do what they do best and score goals and uh, uh, make other teams pay the price. Yeah, they've been struggling with offense for sure. They've only racked up 89 even strength goals since the beginning of the season. And their goal per game average stands at only 2.26. These are some of the lowest numbers in Kings franchise history. The team hasn't changed much. What's up with that? You look at the uh, the leading scorers, you know, around the league, you look at every other club and, uh, you know, they got guys that got over a point a game and, uh, you know, you yeah. look at you look at L.A. Kings, uh, you know, yesterday, going into yesterday's game, Kopitar only, he was leading with 32 points in 48 games. So, you know, those guys need to step up a little bit for sure. Definitely. One player that has been pulling his weight is Jonathan Quick in net. He has been outstanding. Yeah, if they, if they protect him a little bit and, you know, don't play like they did on uh, Saturday, he's going to make those saves that uh, you need. And, uh, you know, he's not going to let in a lot of soft ones usually. So, you know, it all starts with goaltending. That's the old cliche. And, uh, you know, they got one of the best in the league for sure. Another thing that stands out for me is the amount of stick carnage. I mean, these new composite sticks seem to break a lot. I don't imagine this was a huge problem with the wood sticks that you used to use back in the day. Tell us a little bit about those. Well, it's almost like they just cut it off a tree and uh, shaped it a little <laughs> bit to look like a hockey stick because uh, those things would take a beating for sure. And, uh, you know, you could go, like at least I could go because I didn't get a lot of shifts. So uh, I could go like uh, 10 or 15 games without uh, even taping up a new stick. But, you know, now they uh, got so much flex in them and, uh I tell you what, if uh, if I had a stick like uh, they have today, I probably would have gotten five goals instead of my two a season for sure. But uh, they've come a long way with the, the graphite and the, the flex and the curves and uh, no grip, the grip and all that kind of stuff. It's unbelievable the science uh, they put into a hockey stick nowadays. Yeah, they go through quite a few of them every game. And it's not just in the middle of a slap shot. There's often sticks that break when they're slashed. Yeah, they do. And, you know, obviously the guys are bigger and stronger nowadays, too, so that has a little bit. But, uh, you know, the flex on these sticks right now, you know, you're going to break a lot of sticks. And you're exactly right. As soon as someone puts a stick on stick and uh, that guy's got uh, possession of the puck and their stick breaks, you're going to get a slashing penalty for sure. So back in the day, we didn't have to worry about that. We could uh, (laughs) take the biggest two-hander we wanted and the biggest slash we wanted. We knew we were were not going to break someone's stick. (laughs) I remember when I first started playing, the Sherwood 5030 was a very popular choice of lumber. Is that what you used? I used the Sherwood stick, but a couple times they uh, actually, this is how much of a big household name I was in the NHL. They sent them the wrong way a few times. So uh, <laughs> then I just grab, grab anybody's stick and use whatever I could. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody's curve is different. I used to try to find a stick with uh, Bondra's curve on it. What was your curve like? My curve was all right. Again, I wasn't uh, one of those guys that was going to go out and uh, make all the headlines and score all the goals. And uh, I was one of those guys that uh, uh, was more of a checker and a grinder and obviously a guy that dropped the mitts every once in a while. So uh, my stick was fine for, for my role, for sure. Sticks have definitely evolved over the years, from solid wood through fiberglass reinforcement, aluminum shafts, and now to the one-piece composite. Did you ever play with anything other than wood? 
No, I never got, I never, I retired in 95. So we were still using those sticks back there. The, the wood ones back there. I remember Gretz used to have that uh, red and white Titan, but I tell you what, he was a magician with whatever stick you wanted to put in his hand for sure. But I never got to use those yeah. new sticks. I get to use them now with the, the youth hockey club that I'm, uh, yeah. uh, that I'm practicing and uh, coaching here, but uh, I don't move around that ice too much no more. I guess they were introducing the composites uh, around 95. So uh, just, you could have been, you could have been like a, you know, 50 goal scorer. Yeah. <laughs> in about 10 years, you know, <laughs> as long as you got 50, right? <laughs> Yeah, they do seem to give players an advantage. They use sticks with so much flexibility, though. Like, too much flexibility. The sticks are constantly breaking. Why take the chance? Well, I just think you get more whip and you, and you get more torque behind the stick with the, with the less uh, flex you have. So, you know, these guys are big boys and they're using sometimes, you know, 85, 90 flex. And, you know, wow. uh, when they put a lot of their body into that, uh, they snap pretty easily. And again, you know, sticks now, the, the price on them is ridiculous. It's uh, oh my gosh, unbelievable. Yeah. I know for youth hockey, you know, parents are always going, oh, my God, we broke another stick. We broke another stick. But, you know, these guys uh, that are playing in the pros, they don't have to worry about that because they're all well, they're all paid for it. So, you know, they're going to go through as many sticks as they want. And uh, as soon as they start losing a little flex or get a little uh, whippy, you know, they just pull another one right out of the rack. According to the stats, uh, each player goes goes through approximately 2.2 sticks a game, which can really add up for clubs. They uh, they budgeted anywhere between half a million to 1.2 million per season for their sticks. That's that's really got to uh, hamper some teams. Yeah, it does for sure. And uh, you know, when you're talking that amount of money for sticks, that's crazy. Especially with you got all the salaries in there and the travel and everything that everything else that comes within, uh, you know, paying for a hockey season for sure. Mm-hmm. Expensive, but obviously worth it. Now we have a listener question about composite sticks here. At Brant twenty three asks, what's the difference in the feel between a composite stick and a wood stick? Well, the feel, I mean, they, the, feel, <laughs> the feel is unbelievable. Uh, you know, just the, just the weight of the stick compared to what we used back in the day is unbelievable. I mean, it's like put, uh, picking up a feather when you pick up one of these new sticks. And, you know, they're all, uh, you know, usually the shafts are pretty much custom made too, but you got grip and you got non-grip. So it's like night and day picking up an old Sherwood or a, or, or an old Titan stick and uh, picking up one of these graph, new graph sticks for sure. Now, if you have a question you'd like to ask Kevin or myself, you can send us your inquiries to at Shannon Believes. That's S-H-A-N-N-O-N-B-L-E-A-V-S. Now, let's talk about some of the rules surrounding sticks. I remember back in the day, there used to be a lot of stick rules where a team could actually call out a player on the opposing team if they thought that player was using an illegal stick, um, either uh, the blade size or the curve, the actual shape, shape of the curve was illegal. And the refs would bring out this little measurement, this uh, blade or stick measurement that they would use, and the player would get a penalty if they did have an illegal stick. But there doesn't seem to be a lot of that going around anymore. Yeah, I know they've taken that right out of the equation. I think to make them all legal and everything. But you're right. Back in the day, you know, we'd always have, uh, 
you know, teams I played on, Glenn Sather, he would always, uh, you know, catch a team napping and always pull a stick measurement. And for sure, would uh, it would change the complexion of a hockey game. Obviously, he'd usually wait till it was five on four situation. Then he'd call a guy to make it a five on three. And when you put out five guys like uh, that we had on our hockey club, you knew it was an automatic goal. But yeah, there's no more of that. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, measurements back in the day were with the goalie sticks as well. Oh, really? Well, they they couldn't have any curve, you know, too big a curve, obviously, and uh, you know, same as the width on the uh, on the blade, the, the width on the blade, they couldn't have a certain amount of width. So a lot of those uh, situations were called. Now I'd like to shift gears a little bit. The All Star Game is coming up this weekend. And we'd like to hear your thoughts on it. So tweet us your comments, your opinions. What did you like? What didn't you like? What player impressed you the most? Tell us about some of the highlights for you. And we'll read some of these on our next episode. So, Kevin, what do you think the All-Star Game will mean for the Kings? Well, the All-Star Game, like I said, yesterday's game was huge for the Kings to, to you know, uh, go their separate ways. The guys that are going to the All-Star game, the guys that are going to go and uh, just vacation and take a little bit of time off from the game. It's such a good note for that group of guys to go out winning, winning that hockey game yesterday. Then they come back on a high and hopefully they can continue that. Uh, um, you know, it's a real uh, uh, long season. I know a few of the guys are nicked up on the Kings. Uh, I think that Haglin just got back in the lineup, so it's going to do him well to have those extra days rest and come back and you know, they got the back half of the season. Like I said, they're only eight points out. So hopefully they can refresh themselves and uh, and uh, regroup. And they also got a lot of older guys in that hockey club where this all-star break's going to really do uh, a world of wonders for that team. I did notice it looked like Muzzin hurt himself, uh, blocked a shot against Colorado, maybe hurt his hand. I'm sure he'll appreciate the all-star break. Yeah, there's probably a lot of guys that uh, – you know, uh, the average fan uh, has no idea that they're banged up. And uh, uh, it's like I said, right now it's time to mentally get away from the game, enjoy your family, you know, or your buddies that you're going away with. Uh, you know, take care of yourself, obviously, on and off the ice and uh, be ready and uh, get ready for the second uh, half of the season. Talk a little bit about what it's like as a player as far as injuries go. How hard is the game on your body and how do you deal with it? Well, you you never want to be that guy. It's always sitting in the hot tub in the dressing room, that's for sure. And, uh, <laughs> you know, looking for every excuse to be able to line up. So, you know, a lot of guys play through injuries. And obviously there's some injuries that you, uh, you, uh, you can't play through. But back in the day, we played through all kinds of injuries we played through. Uh, obviously, we didn't really know much about concussions and stuff like that. So, right. you know, we'd be going back out there all the time. But... You know, you always, uh, we're always looking over your shoulder for that next guy to come in and, uh, you know, hey, this guy's out of the lineup. This is my chance now to maybe bump him down to the minors. So guys think about that all the time and, uh, uh, you know, play with bad groins, bad shoulders, and uh, uh, no one really knows to the extent of uh, what they play with, uh, with as far as injuries. So it's more a matter of the players themselves hiding it than the teams hiding it? Well, I think, no, I don't think anything's hidden nowadays with all the stuff that's going on and everything. But, uh, you know, if you got a bit of a nicked up groin, 
you know, you're going to tell your trainer, hey, I'm fine. I can play with it. Let's just wrap it up and put some heat on it. Let's get ready to go. Or, you know, you might have a bruised elbow or, you know, sore foot. I mean, a a case in point, like uh, a Dowdy yesterday, he took a stick right in the mouth. He gave the Kings the opportunity to be on a five-on-three. Uh, you know, he could have been one of those guys that went in and, you know, took his time saying, oh, geez, you know, can you look at my teeth? Can you look at my mouth? Whatever. But he just jumped. I have right any back. teeth. <laughs> yeah. He just, he just jumped right back on the ice and ended up scoring that big bomb from the point on the power play. So, yeah, guys always play with injuries. And, uh, you know, like I said, the L.A. Kings are a little bit of an older group here now. So these kind of breaks are going to be uh, uh, key for them going down the stretch. Great, uh, great power play by Doughty there. Yeah, that was a good shot, too, and uh, you like to see that a guy takes a stick in the mouth, and sure enough, he's right back out there, and I think that just uh, pissed him off a little bit, and uh, he put a little bit extra into that shot for sure, but it was a hell of a shot. Yeah, he put a bit of mustard on that one. Yeah, yeah. What's the worst injury you had to play through in your career? Well, obviously, probably... I didn't know about, but concussions, you know, uh, I remember getting knocked out uh, uh, one time in the Stanley Cup uh, finals from Ed Hospital, going through a slot, I took a shot and uh, was looking at my shot, I should never have even got the elbow right in the chin, and then, uh, you know, next shift that I was called to go out there, I was fighting Dave Brown, so, you know, uh, those kind of injuries, uh, my ankle would always dislocate in the Stanley Cup finals, so I got a couple shots on my ankle and stuff like that, but... Uh, you always played through injury, especially as a tough guy. You you didn't want to be able to line up, and uh, you didn't want to leave uh, let your team down. That's for sure. So I played many a games, uh, many a games uh, injured. When I got traded from Edmonton to Detroit, uh, my throwing arm, which is my throwing my punching arm, my left, would always sublet, and uh, I'd throw a couple punches, and it would. Uh, uh, dislocate and they just have to grab the guy and put him down and then they pop back in the next uh, uh, after the game and I'd be playing the next game so I played a whole season like that and finally had surgery at the end of the year oh yikes that does not sound like fun no it wasn't very fun but uh, you know it, uh, you, you never want to leave the guys alone out there and uh, very competitive guy I am and uh, uh, just love playing the game Well, hopefully the Kings will get a chance to recoup during the All-Star break because then they're headed for a six-game road trip. Yeah, that's going to be the key to the season right there. And uh, I was watching the game yesterday and said that they didn't have a game again until February 14th, I think. So uh, they go for six games on the road. They go into Long Island, which is a pretty good team right now. The Rangers always play well. Devils, uh, you know, they're not doing so hot this year, neither are Philadelphia. So... They got some spots where uh, they can go in and uh, they can take some points. You know, it looks like on that schedule, the toughest team will be the New York Islanders. But if they uh, go and they have a good uh, road trip here, that's just going to bode well for them coming down the stretch. But if they go and uh, lose a bunch of games on this road trip, it's going to be hard to make that up going down a stretch run. So what do you think the key is then for the Kings on the road to get some W's? Well, I just think they've got to play like they did yesterday. And, uh, you know, they had their big gunners that uh, that won them the game. Uh, they had quick in net, made the, the saves that he needed to make. And, uh, you know, you know the normal guys that should be on the score sheet at the end of the night were there. So they just got to go play a good patient uh, road game. They're uh, a good defensive hockey club. And, you know, hopefully now all of a sudden they can uh, start finding a little bit more scoring from them guys up front because they got the capability – you know, so they got some pretty big names on that uh, roster that, 
you know, they should be scoring a lot more goals. So hopefully they go and they uh, light the lamp uh, this next six games and uh, come back with a, you know, four and two record would be perfect for that hockey club to come off that road trip and come back with a bunch of games left at home. Now, while most players will have the all-star break to kind of recoup and get ready for this road trip, Drew Doughty is going to be playing in the all-star game. So what does this mean for him? Well, he's uh, he's another guy that's not going to get the break. Uh, that would probably do him good. But, you know, you go to the all-star game now, and it's a lot of fun too, and that can rejuvenate you in itself. So he's going to go, and he's going to, you know, feel good about uh, obviously being an all-star game. He's going to have some fun. You know, maybe he'll get sitting around the dressing room and uh, start talking to some of the guys and get excited about, hey, the play- Stanley Cup playoffs are coming back uh, up here soon. Uh, maybe that'll uh, – He'll bring that message back to his teammates and uh, get them all ramped up for that six-game road trip. Well, hopefully some of that spirit kind of rejuvenates him because he, he definitely needs a break. He's the He leads the NHL in ice time per game with over 26 minutes. That's that's absolutely insane. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, but, you know, you watch him yesterday and he's uh, he's still that young, young kid out there having fun. And, uh, you know, that's what the whole LA Kings team needs. They need to know that uh, – you know what, you go out there, play all those minutes, but, you know, he doesn't stop for a second out there. And, uh, you know, being repetitive and, again, saying about the stick in the mouth there, that didn't bother him. He went right back out there for his team and got that big goal. So, you know, obviously he's going to be a guy that uh, everyone's going to look up to, and he's going to be the guy that uh, hopefully pushed him to the to the next limit here in, uh, in, in the season. How much does um, leadership play a role in motivating the team and getting them – you know, out of that funk. Oh, it's huge. It's, it's, it's huge. And again, I, I don't like always going back to my playing days, but that team that I had uh, uh, the privilege of playing on was unbelievable with the leadership. And, uh, you know, obviously it started at the top with Glenn Saylor, but, you know, in the dressing room with Mark Messi, it was, he was a vocal leader in there. And uh, when he felt guys weren't, uh, uh, you know, bringing what they could to the table, he'd be in their face. That's for sure. And uh, you know, Gretz, hmm. he was a, he was a leader in a different way that uh, he led on the ice and in practice all the time. But uh, you know, Gretz give it 150 percent practice all the time. And if uh, he saw me, you know, fourth line player, sometimes you know, uh, taking a couple shortcuts, he'd let me know for sure. But uh, you know, they could do that because you know he never took a. Uh, shift off in the game he never took a, a drill off in practice so he led that way but Mark Messier was the guy that would grab you by the throat and uh, uh, wake you up if you weren't bringing what you could to the hockey club so leadership is huge uh, you know that leadership really hasn't changed much since the Stanley Cup days and those were the guys that uh, you know produced the Stanley Cup for those uh, for, for the LA Kings and they still uh, have that role and it'll be huge again uh, coming down the stretch. Right on. Well, let's hope uh, they can take some of that positive vibes and leadership and uh, turn it into a playoff position. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But, uh, you know, they were on paper, they were talking about yesterday that, uh, you know, they had a team that was capable of going for a deep run in the playoffs again. Sometimes those years, they don't happen. And there's a lot of reasons why, whether it's injuries or, you know, just a couple bad bounces here or bad bounces there for the other team. But again, there's lots of time for them to sneak back up. And we're only talking eight points. That's four four games. That's four games. And uh, you get on a little bit of a hot streak and all of a sudden uh, things change around. The, the mood and the environment uh, around the dressing room changes around through the city, through the fans. And uh, it's easy to catch fire. And hopefully these guys do.
Well, hopefully they do, and hopefully we can help out a bit with some King's hype. But we do need, of course, all of you fans out there who are listening to help make that happen. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, you got to love the fans, man. That's what uh, makes the game of hockey for sure. And, uh, you know, I know that, uh, you know, they, you know, go up and down with their team a little bit. But, uh, you know, the best thing they can do is uh, sit in those seats and cheer and be positive and uh, know that uh, every year is a little different. And uh, what the L.A. Kings have done over the last five, six, seven years and, uh uh, winning those cups is unbelievable, and uh, hopefully they get another stretch run on them here. Well, thanks so much, Kevin, for joining me. It was a pleasure. Great to uh, get your perspective on the game. Well, it was awesome, and uh, it was great uh, talking to you today, Shannon. And uh, you know, hopefully, uh, uh, the Kings continue on after that uh, that good game, and uh, they should. They should, like I said again, repeating myself, but uh, they should feel good about themselves going in the back half of the season, and. Uh, Hopefully we get on here soon and uh, keep talking about uh, all the positives and all the wins that the LA Kings are going to uh, uh, continually, continually grab this season. Yeah, let's keep talking Kings. And if you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, or iHeart. Don't forget to rate us. Oh, and send us your thoughts, comments, and questions too. You can do that on Twitter or Instagram at Shannon Believes. Hope you join us next time for another Kings podcast here on the Believe Network. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.